Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By. We are on episode 196. And everyone get ready to fan wank. Ow, ow, because we are covering two Deep Space Nine season five episodes, The Assignment and Trials and Tribulations. Wink, 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 wink. Ow, ow. Oh my goodness, Ames that, is full of ow ow. It's a it's an ow ow day. It's a it good is an ow ow day. Speaking of which, this is Ames. This is Caitlin. This be Jake. And this is Chris. Ow ow. We're going to start talking about the assignment. It is a Bajoran MacGuffin kind of week here on on Deep Space Nine. Ooh, you're right. Yeah, so we're starting off with the assignment. Miles, Data, and Troy are possessed by an alien entity uh, pretending to be Starfleet. Oh, no, wait, sorry. Wrong episodes. Jesus. Sorry. Keiko. Keiko has been avoiding Miles in the fire caves. And when she returns, she says to, to Miles, by the way, I'm not Keiko. But however, she is actually an entity that is possessing Keiko's body and threatening to murder the fuck out of Keiko if Miles doesn't do its bidding. And I'm like, what's the downside here? It's Miles' birthday. This is his fucking present. Come on, people. But Miles, being the bleeding heart that he is, starts doing her bidding anyway. It seems harmless enough, so he's doing all this stuff. He ropes Rom in because it's the only way to shut the Rom shut Rom the fuck up. And they're doing all this stuff that seems squicky, but they're not sure if it's going to be that squicky. Really, they're just afraid about Keiko being a bitch, being, I'm sorry, more of a bitch than usual, potentially hurting Molly. Weird. But eventually, Dax realizes, huh, something's wrong. Miles, have you seen that something looks wrong? And Miles is like, oh, nope, let me, let me check that out. Yep, um, um, let me, let me figure this out. So he does what anyone would do and Kill Keiko. No, I'm sorry. Throw Rom under the bus. <laughs> Which was pretty great. That's legit. Yeah, Rom, however, is suddenly a better engineer than Miles and realizes that all these tasks that Keiko have been making, has been making them do is going to blow up the wormhole. And what? I'm like, what's the downside here? <laughs> so Rom tells us all this backstory that he knows from his, from his lady Lita uh, about these... Bajoran folklore characters, the Pa Wraiths, which of course turn out to be real because god damn it, Bajor. <laughs> so Miles decides, fuck it, let's kill the prophets anyway. What could possibly go wrong? But alas, it was a lark, and Miles used his doohickey thing to zap the Pa Wraith out of Keiko, and then he gets home from, from the shuttle pod, and boy, does he ever have some splainin' to do. <laughs> Literally. Literally. <laughs> so I've got to give credit to Rosalind Chow mm-hmm. for her work in this episode because she resisted the urge to go like. Mustache twirlingly evil? Yeah. Or Judge she, Doom? She didn't go like, say, Mirror Universe Julian or something like that. <laughs> she just went. Vantica. Or that. Oh, man, Vantica. Or um, Vantica, the Bella oh, yeah. Jesse. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh. But there was just this 
very upsetting coldness that she injected into all of her delivery. That's just Keiko. Which, no, no. no. There was a flat, cold, like, a cruelty. Even the way she ate a fucking bonbon was just, like, so dismissive. I really thought it was good because it, it, it made her switch when she had to publicly be pleasant when people were around a bit more convincing. She wasn't, like, going from, you know, like you said, twirling a mustache to big smile. <laughs> I mean, you know, presumably I, this Pa Wraith is re like, has read all of Keiko's memories, knows everything there is to know about how to, A, be Keiko, and yeah. B, turn off Miles. Yeah, but you could still see, like, you know, a different actor, different director, or a different combination of people deciding, like, when other folks aren't around, really ham up the evil. And they didn't, and that's, I think, a good thing, because for me, otherwise, this episode was a little, like, it power never quite play. grabbed me. It's yeah, just, like, just power play again. No, yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's, so, it's, it's just power and a, play. And a, little I, bit, and a little bit whispers. Yeah, but yeah, because I said the same thing at one point with Caitlin. I was like, this is just that other episode, but in reverse. She's possessed instead of him. They even kind of reference it when she's like, you know, oh, stasis field. Because it wasn't that their original plan in Power Play? Use a stasis field to get they, the ghosts nah, out of Well, them. they did something. They they bombarded them with some kind of radiation that hurt the... Yeah, they all, like, it ultimately didn't work. I remember that much. Oh, right, well, it only didn't work because it. they didn't get all three of them yep. at once. Right, 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 right. But yeah, like, I don't know, I guess I didn't find it as compelling as it wanted me to, or maybe because I just knew it was obvious Keiko would be fine in the end. I, I was also expecting them to integrate Rom sooner than they did, because obviously he was going to get involved because they'd been seeding his B-plot the whole time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, they did kind of wait a long time considering how they opened with him, being yeah. like, I'm going to have human breakfast. Yeah, I'm going to work the, the shift with the humans. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that he was the awkward, the awkward kid at uh, the new guy. The, mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the night shift or the day shift or wherever. Swing shift. Yeah, that's it. What's um, a swing shift? I assume that must be the like middle of three shifts. Yeah, it's probably the the people that come in after the day shift but before the night so, shift. So second shift. Second shift. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's probably. Oh wait, like, no, they oh, have right, four. Because he'd been working night shift. Oh right, they do. Right? They have four shifts on Deep Space Nine. Maybe the swing shift flips between being two one the, three two yeah or like the 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 one early, and three. No wait, that would uh, that would be awful. Maybe you have day before the night shift or after the night shift. Maybe you have like day swing night and overnight. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, doesn't really matter. Yeah, just because he was only on it for a day, and then and then they as fired a, him. as a reward for going along with O'Brien's bullshit, got yep. promoted to the day shift. Sorry, sorry for fucking you over, Rom. What I had hoped was going to happen because it felt like they were seeding it this way it was rather than the chief being like tricking him into helping him. Like because he, they sort of talked about this idea of like you know people kind of don't make an effort to know, talk to him or notice him or things like that, it was going to be like, wait a minute, Rom. No one notices you. <laughs> the alien won't expect. And I thought he was maybe going to confide in Rom and have him help. Hmm. Um, which I think would have been... I need you to kill me, wife. <laughs> yes. Hire Garrick. <laughs> yeah. Um, but make sure it's a surprise. I don't want her to see it coming. Yeah, because I feel like poor Rom got fucked a little. I mean, he got rewarded in the end and... Now he's going to try pancakes, which, great A. I hope they sit well with him. Mm, 
pancakes. Yeah, better than Un- bacon. Uh, unlike bacon. Um, mm, bacon. I mean, bacon's I good, think... but it disagrees with them. So, Brother. it's never explained why the alien puts that ridiculous time constraint on. Yeah, it is. It, the only reason O'Brien even involved Rom was because he had to do it in a too short of a time and needed the help. Yeah. But, like, maybe, like, it's not never said on screen, so this is, like, a benefit of the doubt thing, but maybe the alien could only live in Keiko for a certain time. I feel like maybe. that's going to be retconned away from that, though, because I think well, we're going to see m- way more paw rates in the future. But if yeah, that oh, wasn't yeah. the case... If that wasn't the case, though, I mean, she might have just been doing it so that he had less time to potentially reach out to other people and get them involved. No? I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. because it seems to, because in the end, it backfired completely because if yep. if he hadn't involved Rom, he wouldn't have figured out about the chronoton weapon. Mm. Yep. And he would have probably just done it. That's yeah, true. like, um, like Paul Wraith in Keiko even says, like, you know, I've been waiting hundreds of years for this. And Miles is like, let's just get it over with. And, and Paul Wraith says... Be you patient. Need to learn about patience. Yeah. yeah. Like, why this time constraint? Then why did this all have to get done within eighteen hours? It really did just seem to be for the sake of enjoying being cruel to Miles. Yeah. I mean, well, I do which, that all the time. And if he which hadn't Deep Space Nine met, loves generally, <laughs> they do. If he hadn't met the deadline, what would I mean? Yeah, would really. the alien just have killed Keiko, and because then, then nothing. You know, yeah, then what? The end. Well, start over, rinse and repeat. And like and like real Keiko said at the end, she didn't think that the alien had any intention of letting them live. Yeah. Why doesn't this Pa Wraith, because I don't know, we, we don't know a lot about Pa Wraiths yet. We will learn more. But why doesn't this Pa Wraith, after possessing Keiko, then start possessing Miles? Because Miles has all this access. Maybe you have to be at the fire caves to get possessed. Maybe you maybe. can't. Maybe, maybe once you're in, you can't transfer to somebody else unless you're at the fire cave you have to be in uh what's it called in overwatch when you change characters so you have to be oh in the spawn room spawn room yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. there you go gotta hold down x and spawn Uh, i loved it apparently there was a line in the nagus when Jake and Cisco were going to be going down to the fire caves or something, and there was a line that was cut, there someone would say something to the effect of, oh, watch out for paw wraiths, as just a joke, as just a joke line, and it got cut anyway, so it was, it was that throwaway. Until the writers were, you know, had this episode, and we were like, okay, so what are these things? Can we somehow tie them back to be important in the overall show, instead of just a monster of the week? And they're like, wait a minute, paw wraiths. Which I must say sounds like a delightful pastry. Mm. But it's also like, I don't know, in I, I just I do find it ridiculous just how much of Bajoran mythology is just real. Yeah. You know, because like, OK, yeah, it's one thing that you have the prophets and they turn out to be just be aliens. But now we also have their equivalent to, you know, hell and Satan. Oh, it's the same and thing. They literally of- live in the fire caves, which is a pretty apt description of what hell is depicted of on Earth. Yeah, and they are, and they are former prophets that were cast out of the celestial tent. It is literally Christian mythology, like pasted onto the Bajoran religion. Yep, well, a little on the nose. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, plus but, yeah, the fact that know. they're not only are they you know prophesied to oh, and then they were they went down to the fire caves, which are a real place where they actually are, and not like just a you know. You you can't visit hell, but you can visit the fire caves, and a lot of people do. 
Yeah. But apparently those people don't get possessed by poverty. Maybe they well, do. Well, because they don't have access to Chief O'Brien. That's true. Um, the most important man in Starfleet. Yeah. I did think that, uh, you know, that she was there in the fire case for some kind of botanical survey of mushrooms. What plants Probably. can grow there? Mushrooms. Apparently mushrooms. Uh, fungi. Just like Miles. He's a fun guy. Yeah. Or it's where the fire flowers come from. Fire flowers? Yeah. From Super Mario Brothers. Oh, I was going to sure. say, I, w- I was going to make a Mario Brothers joke because I'm pretty sure I've been in caves in Mar- in Mario games that are filled with fire yep. and have mushrooms. And then Mario gets possessed by the paw wraiths and has to go blow up the princess's castle. That's, 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 that's how I remember it, too. That's yeah. going to be Luigi's Mansion 4. Hmm. No, I guess in, in, a, in the early drafts of this uh, episode, it wasn't Keiko is possessed by something. It's... A being that I guess maybe only Keiko and Miles can see or something just follows her back mm. to Deep Space Nine oh, and you know is creepy. constantly threatening, like, I'll kill Keiko if you don't do this, Miles. It's but like they a said, really... let's have her be possessed instead, because that's see, even I don't, know, I don't know if it's because it's Miles or not, but I'm picturing it as a leprechaun telling him to burn things. Oh. No, no, the leprechaun tells Ralph Wiggum to burn things. <laughs> I, I was going to say, that's like a really fucked up version of the Great Gazoo. <laughs> From the Flintstones? Yeah. 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 That's good. I see, the real reason they had it be a possession is because that way they didn't have to hire an extra actor. Yeah, or a, or a CG, a little critter. Yeah. Mm. You know, they did lose an actor this episode because you you, you may have noticed Cake, not Keiko, Kira. Kira. Kira is not in this episode because yeah. she went into labor. Oh, no. oh. Yeah, originally it was supposed to be a party that she was putting together for some Bajoran, one of the many Bajoran celebrations of death and demise that she was hosting. And they were like, oh no, we've, Nana has gone into labor. We don't have her this week. Um, it's Miles' birthday. Fuck it. Well, who cares? <laughs> That's great. Uh, she, she, so what's after this? this, she's fake pregnant then. Yep. Yeah, she's oh, going to be cool. fake pregnant for a while. Okay. <laughs> The Feast of uh, Maximum Occupancy. <laughs> What's that from? that from? Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah, uh, I think, I don't know, this episode was just kind of meh for me. Yeah, I didn't yeah. really Overall. care for it. It wasn't awful, it wasn't great. You know, I probably won't remember it in a month. Yeah, it's it ideas we've like seen before. It's like a rehash of some other things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. yeah, exactly. It's like, it's a little more development for ROM, but not loads. Well, and it also just, like, at some point, just abusing Miles, it's just getting boring now. Well, I'm a big fan a of, of Miles' breakfast, though. That's, that's yeah, a that's a good breakfast. Right up my alley. What was his breakfast? Oh, same. Uh, two like, eggs. Over easy. Oh, no, I thought it was scrambled. No, over easy. Over easy? Yeah. Bacon. Either and... way. Two eggs, bacon, and corned beef hash. And corned beef oh. hash, yeah. Jake does that love a corned beef hash. And human coffee instead of Ractagino. Wow. How about hey, some I... orange juice? Yeah. yeah, so I noticed they didn't sing Happy Birthday. They sang for He's a Jolly Good Fellow. And it yep. made me realize, is there a gender neutral or even just a, a lady version of For He's a Jolly Good Fellow? I think you could just say For, for she's, she's a Jolly Good Fellow. Lady? Fe- fellow. <laughs> yeah, no, For She's a Jolly Good Fellow. People will do that. People do that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Yes, of course, this is, this is back before... Yeah, Someone finally sued those idiots. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was I, very recent. Yeah, thank God that finally happened. That was so dumb. 
I really kind of like the little variety at restaurants. Yeah. Huh? Oh no, it's really... a dumb, it's a dumb song. But the fact that these assholes were clinging on to an unfair copyright just pissed me off. Oh yeah, no, that's that's absolutely irritating. That's cling, but that's that's copyright since the beginning of copyright. Well, well since Disney's beginning of copyright. True, but this one was even less legitimate. Hi, if bug. That's possible. Anyway, we're not here about the happy birthday song. We're here about the DS track. Okay. Keiko continuing to torture Miles. What did you guys guys think of make of her making him sleep in the bed? Oh yeah, that was creepy. That was that weird. Was, As if Miles doesn't sleep on the Miles. couch every night. Mm. <laughs> now that that was yeah no there, that that like that power wraith is definitely just a nasty creepy piece of work. Like I do like the way it was written. Again, I like the way Chow played it. I just wish it was a better episode. Mm. Yeah. And I do, I like the idea of the yeah. power race, or at least like the idea of an evil version of the prophets. And it also seems to me like, you know, in terms of going back to the mythology of things, that, you know, the, the power rate or the, the, uh, the prophets that we see are, um, they're very oblivious. They're very innocent. They don't really, they know things, but they don't, know things. They don't understand you know? They don't understand things. They, That's they're very limited. And then... They don't have the context. Obviously, these, these power wraiths are very worldly. You know, they know how to impersonate people. Do the power yeah. wraiths then not see through time the same way the I'm wormhole guess, aliens so, do? So, so if I was going to project the mythology of, you know, the Christian mythology onto this, I would say there's probably like, you know, a, a Garden of Eden sort like of wings, parallel. Wings snipping Ceremony. Yeah, where it's like, you know, oh, if you're in the celestial temple, if you're in the wormhole, you know, from there you can see through time, and that's sort of the paradise. And when you're cast out, you don't have that ability anymore. You're just a being that lives in a cave. And I my guess is that this Arath wanted to, you know, kill the kill the prophets so that the Paraths could then move back in. Move back in. I wonder how much of the, like, crazy internal strife and bullshittery on Bajor was caused by the fact that the, you know, literal devil literally lives on the planet and can apparently possess people. It's Bajor. I mean, how would you know? As I say, <laughs> maybe that's the cause of a lot of it. Maybe Pyrites keep ah. possessing people, causing conflict, and then fucking off. Like, hee hee hee. I mean, for all we know, I mean, this is actually, I'm glad we have the power race. They could provide an explanation for the fucking old man yells at cloud monster. <laughs> yeah. um, God, that episode. It keeps haunting things, if, us. If, if, if a power wraith, if a power wraith possessed a cloud of smoke, that's what you get. <laughs> it would terrorize Wait, does, a small town. Does you know, that mean that the cloud in TOS is a power wraith? Ooh. See, I was going to say, what happened was the paw rates were sitting there, and then at some point, you know, because our, our TV signals are spreading through space, it started watching Lost and was like, I have an idea. <laughs> Polar yeah. bears everywhere. Um, For no reason. I don't know. I mean, if they're mischievous uh, it, it just by nature, then maybe they would find joy in terrorizing a town. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that could really explain it. Maybe a lot of the internal strife is actually the work of the Pyrites. Hmm. Fucking Bajor, man. Maybe, Where were maybe, 
Kai Wynn is a Pa Wraith possessed. Nah. I don't want to give her that excuse. I think she's just an evil twat. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. When Miles is done destroying the wormhole, he should have also destroyed Bajor. <laughs> well, again, it probably <laughs> it sounds like the idea was the the wormhole would have been fine. Just the uh, profits would have been. Yeah, it would have fucked up the profits, just like it fucked up the paw wraith. Yeah. So yeah, I guess the assumption is that the paw wraith, despite their mythological difference, they're the same type of alien. The yeah. paw wraiths and the and the prophets, they're just. Yeah, it's like you said. It's, it's like the bad guys' versions of that. They've been reading a lot of Milton, so yeah. they came up with mm. this. Yeah, I haven't read Milton in a dog's age, but I'm sure there's like all sorts of stuff that is directly lifted from that. A dog. Oh, yeah, in in many many series. Yeah, but I mean for this episode, like. Yeah, I also know for this episode, and you know, and because there's not a lot to say about this episode because the writers, like the whole fucking writing room. Was busy writing trials and tribulations. Ah, so basically, uh, so this like, this episode yeah, was kind of like some filler. Yeah, it was kind of ready. on the margin. It was like, hey, someone else work on that. They, I think, the people who wrote it weren't weren't their normal writers. There were people who were specifically just writing this episode, whilst everyone else was working trials and tribulations, which so aired fun. after this, but was produced earlier because there was just so much. Post-production? Uh, post-production work to do. Yeah. I sort of find that hard to believe that they had to put that many, like, staff on it when it's well, an episode that already exists that they, they barely... Were all, they were yeah, also so just The writing staff boying. in particular should have been pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, literally, it's like, let's uh, well, go back it, to this... It was getting it all to tie together neatly, I yeah. guess. I yeah, guess, like, but, like, it wasn't like anything was that... Well, we'll get we're to not, that. We're not we're talking about that one yet. On. We'll get there. Can we get there? Because, man, this episode really sucked. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I... I, I just wanted to mention how I can't wait till the episode where we find out about the special Bajoran earring that was forged, and whenever you put it on, the paw wraiths can sense that, and they're going to come after you. But hey, you turn has, invisible. It does make you turn you invisible. What are you talking about? You know, the, the one Bajoran earring to rule them all. Oh, God fucking damn it. <laughs> God fucking damn it. All right, fuck Jake forever. Let's talk about Charles and Chris got it immediately. Woo! It was good. All right, so I, I wrote up a, like a, an outline to get me through, thinking that it would make me talk less, but it's actually the longest outline I've written yet, so here we go. Woo! All right, first off, there's a frame story. I'm not going to bother with it to the end of the synopsis, because fuck the frame story. We're flying around with the new MacGuffin of the week, which turns out to be the Bajoran Orb of Time. Not even going to start. There's a Bajoran Orb of Time, just accept it. We meet our newest friend, Barry Waddle, who's some merchant who's totally innocent. He's just exactly what he seems. He's just some guy. When, oh, fuck, <laughs> we end up in the past around space Station K7. And all the fans immediately have an accident in their pants when a gorgeous new model of the original Enterprise flies by. It was very pretty. Good for them. We come to realize, damn it, Waddle, you were Arn Darvin all along. We remember you from The Trouble with Tribbles, an episode Judzia has been has seen before. <laughs> you must be here to assassinate Kirk. And I'm like, what's the downside here? <laughs> no, I'm sure there would have been. Uh, so we're, we're all here, uh, and I know we all just came super hard when we saw the Enterprise, but this is a tantric episode. So I get ready. I passed out for five minutes, truth facts. Yeah, so, <laughs> so <laughs> get... <laughs> So, so get ready for an episode-long stroke session. 
Uh, I ran out of Vaseline by the time uh, it was over. Yeah, I'm, there was I'm edging so again much. right now. Well, well, put it away, Caitlin. So all of our favorite DS9 characters and Miles are now just oh. in the trouble with Tribbles. No, I like Miles well enough. I just love giving him shit. Yeah, it's easy. So we're now in the old episode from TOS down to every fucking detail. We've got the old tricorders and communicators. Judzia's ass is hanging out of her uniform. <laughs> the sets are made of cardboard and dreams. Uh, <laughs> they implant the characters, and this is like, it's so impressive what they do. They implant the characters into the old footage, and it looks really cool. Seriously, they had to mop up the set every night because everyone was that excited. <laughs> All right, everyone, put, put your pants back on. We're on a mission here. We are here to find Darwin and to pet Tribbles, and we're all out of Darwin. <laughs> all right. Luckily, we capture Darwin after the big giant Klingon fight that everyone remembers from Tribbles, and Darwin admits that he stuffed some explosives up a Tribbles cloaca. <laughs> oh my God! It must be in the storage compartment. Storage compartment. Storage compartment. Storage compartments. <laughs> so Jadzia and Cisco save the day. Jadzia goes off to bang Koloth. And Cisco fanboys all over Kirk. Meanwhile, Kira has wizarded herself to find a way to get us home again and to deal with the dun dun dun, the Federation Department of Temporal Investigations. Told you I was getting back to the frame story. We wrap up that frame story. Our new paranormal investigator friends. God damn it. Yeah. Dolmer and Luxley. Yeah. Why is yep. that? Why? Because because they're anagrams of Mulder and Scully and. Fuck you. Oh. Uh, they agree that the truth is out there and head out. Head out. And Deep Space Nine <laughs> is now inundated with Mo Tribbles and Mo Troubles. Uh, well done. Uh, yeah. So jokes. jokes. It's funny that you brought up the old man yells at Cloud episode because the taller, dark haired temporal guy was in that episode. He was the guy that called for help. Oh. Because the because we looked him up because we're like we were familiar, but honestly I didn't recognize him from that. But mm. he's he's in a million things. I don't even remember actor. there being another character in that. <laughs> yep, yep. But yeah, so it's funny. He was he was the one that like called Deep Space Nine to be like, please send a doctor. Ah. Um, but yeah. Yep. Happy Happy thirtieth anniversary, Star Trek. Here's something to wank about. Oh yeah. my god, it's so good. I mean, this is um. This is a true crossover episode, right? Well, like, crossover I thought we didn't like. Hey. Yeah. You know, this is this is the wank that this is the fans were blue balls on Star Trek Generations. Yeah. And uh hmm. and they they're they're finally uh they're finally getting their due. Yep. Doing cuz he was in this as well. Oh, doing. Nice. <laughs> you know uh, what's a fucking outrage and had and maybe almost want to flip a table? No Koloth. Fuck yeah. this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there was an issue with like pay. Oh, like, they're really they had to, yeah. I wonder this... if they had to pay all the actors. Yeah, they did. They had to yeah. pay them residuals. I have a quote. I have a I have a lot of research on this episode just because there's so much that they covered um in in all the resources that I look at. And the quote that I have is that uh Walter Koenig, hooray. Um, was brought in to give everyone a crash course on, uh, like, Enterprise button mashing. Nice. And between that, you know, bringing him in to do that, and the residual residuals he got for the footage he was in, he made eight times more in residuals than for the original role, the original episode. 
That's, that's hilarious. Wow. So that's eight ham sandwiches. <laughs> I was going to make the sandwich joke. Thank you. Ah! If, they had, if they had him in the room, they should have had him like record some voice lines so they could have... Because uh, that was the one thing yeah. that stood out to me was that... It's all old know, footage. It's mm. all old footage. The, the only real scene where they had any interaction between the original crew and the DS9 crew is when Kirk is dressing down everyone for the for the brawl he also yeah. he also gets the dailies from cisco at the end that's yeah. true which was yeah. super that was pretty forced yeah. which is actually yeah. from uh from mirror mirror yeah that's right because that's the scene where he meets the um original universe version oh of yeah Kirk's wife. His girlfriend marlena was the, that her name yeah. something like that no that was mcgivers i think oh. i forget i forget the chick's name but uh yeah so which you know i understand i mean they they did the uh they busted out that forest gump tech Yep. Yeah. Do, uh, it looks. The... It looked good. It looked really good. There were like two instances that I was like, "Up oh, green screen, up oh, there's yeah. one," but, but not considering much. it's tw- almost twenty five year old TV tech, that's impressive. Yeah. 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 Also, yeah, I and I'm sure it looked. I mean, like we're watching it in on a high definition television. I know it's not a high definition episode, but you know, I'm I'm sure on a low definition set. Oh yeah. Like, on its uh, original it platform, looked, it would have been blown yeah, away. It and it was also, I mean, unless you had a big screen TV back then, it was also a lot smaller. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's, you know, it's funny how we just take for granted now that TVs are fucking enormous. Yep. Um, I also feel like part of the thing with integrating Koloth, don't we pretty much only see him in the... Uh, in Kirk's office, I mean. yeah, Kirk's, but yeah, in, like in the, the in the, the oh yeah, what's his name's office? Yeah, and there really just would have been no convincing way to get any of the DS9 crew into those scenes without yeah. people going, "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I, yeah, it's still I, a shame. It is, but I can see how. Like, I, I, I'm willing to bet they tried to figure something out, but we're just like, there is no. See, that's why they actually needed all their writers. They were like, we need to figure out how to get Koloth in this episode. I want to see those pretty eyes, yeah. damn it. Dude, he did. He had such pretty eyes. Aww. And uh, But I do like Sad how, face. so we get we get some interesting, uh, so obviously we already knew that Dax was friends with Koloth. Mm-hmm. But now we know that Dax and McCoy had a thing. <laughs> Love yeah. it. And uh, she wanted to bone down with Spock as well. She yeah, well, she wanted Spock, but uh, she had McCoy, apparently. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I'm here for this. I, I, sh- it, I ship them hard. I just want to know like, what, what Dr. McCoy was doing skulking around a gymnastics competition. <laughs> what would you do? We don't know. Doing? Maybe we, he was a gymnast in college. Ma- oh, maybe he was, he or he might just have been there for as a physician in case someone got injured. Well, they said he was still in, he said he was still a student at Old Miss at the time. All right, fine, then he was was a pervert. What do you want? He was a young man looking for... No, but that's what I mean, like... Diddling gymnasts. It is possible that part of it, part of it was like, part of the training is you're gonna be here in case somebody fucking pulls a hammy. Or again... Or wants to give you a handy. Maybe. (laughs) Look, he never, he never said he wasn't a gymnast at Old Miss, which means... Maybe he was. I bet he could, could be. be. He's very live. Yeah, that's what Ames yeah. said. Oh, although, well, she's although, right. Good although job, male, Ames. male gymnasts need a ton of upper body strength, so maybe not. He's so got much. it. You've seen his strong arms. You remember that episode where he's Have chained I? up and shirtless? He's, oh, that one. He's kind of... It's also been like 20 years, so maybe he lost some definition. Hmm. Hmm. Listen. Yeah, in preparation for this episode, I rewatched Trouble with Tribbles mm. and watch it, you know, right be- almost right before watching this episode just to see like what the what 
the looks were and what the things that they were doing were. And they did such a great job recreating things. Yeah. Like absolutely. just that that red great material that's in front of things. Yep. Yeah, just so many details. Like the, the design tr crew just got really just meticulous with details for this for this show and it shows. It yeah. was also incredibly expensive. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. the number I wrote down, and it's unclear what this number is for. It's unclear <clears throat> if this number is for just the design of the TOS elements or the episode fully. But the number I wrote down was three million dollars. That is yeah, that did look good. Yeah, yeah. Ira, Ira Stephen Bear describes it as probably the most expensive hour of episodic TV ever produced at the Damn. time. Damn, that was that was then. <laughs> that was that was well before 1996 monies. That yeah, well, I don't know because the original Battlestar Galactica was infamously expensive. So I kind of wonder if adjusted for inflation, it's still topped an episode of that. I don't know. Well, to the point where they sold footage to Buck Rogers, right? Isn't that? Yeah. Well, the thing with the, the original Battlestar footage shows up every time, like so many times. I'm like, hmm, the Cylons are attacking in this random sci-fi film. Oh, wasn't it? Um, Space Mutiny. Space Mutiny. Yeah, yeah. Infamously uses yeah, yeah. it. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, everywhere. Oh, Cylons, they get around. They do. But yeah, and I'm sure that like some of that stuff that we just like, oh, wow, look at what they recreated. You know, it was like they had to go and be like, so what was it? It was like, I don't know, it was some random thing they they bought at like a garden supply store in the 60s. No one makes yeah. it anymore. Yeah, I have we a have list to recreate this pigment. I have a list of stuff they had to do for this episode. Like, for, for example, they bought 1,400 tribbles from Major Barrett's merchandise company, Lincoln Enterprises. <laughs> which, holy shit, that's a lot of tribbles. They it were is really a lot of tribbles. Yeah, they were really concerned about like chairs because the chairs in the in the nineteen yeah. sixties era were so specific, and they don't really make them anymore. Nope. So I guess they found one for I want to say the bar scene. They found one in existence that looked kind of like what they were going for, so they made a cast out of it to make more. Mm. Smart. Um, yeah. Brilliant, actually. Yeah. Luckily, they found Klingon costumes in stock because they just don't fucking make that material anymore. What else did yeah, they do? That they would did have been a lot. expensive. They had to have like custom textiles made for it. Yeah, yeah. No, that would have. Oof. Yeah, and then they they had new models of the Enterprise, Space Station K seven, and the Klingon cruiser created. Now were those were those CG models or were those physical models they built? I believe they were physical. I I have hmm. to look it up because I I just read this that basically they were expecting the guy who created the model for the Excelsior that we're going to see eventually in Voyager. Because, you know, at the same time this is happening, they're doing flashback for, Voyage, for Voyager, which is their tribute to the 30th yeah, anniversary of TOS. Yeah, they have a crossover episode, too. It's a good episode. Yeah. But yeah, so the guy that made the Excelsior, they just happened to, like, in passing, mention, oh, yeah, we're doing this thing for, for DS9. So he just started making the Enterprise, just expecting, like, they're going to need this. I'm going to start making this now. Hmm. I, I know I saw a photo of, like, the DS9 staff with an Enterprise model. So, at the very least, an Enterprise was built. I don't know if they used yeah. it. I mean, it's interesting, though, because, you know, we know that the original shooting model of the Enterprise still exists. In the Smithsonian. Uh, well, it's in the Smithsonian now. I think it was then. Oh. I want to say it was I then. bet they could have borrowed it. <laughs> So asked. the thing is, at that point, it was hanging from the ceiling and actually was in kind of rough shape. And 
they'd redone it at some point, but whoever redid it fucked up the paint job and mm. gave it the paint job from the movie era. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Like oh, that's bad. Yeah, so that's why like yes. now, a few years ago, I think either right when we were starting this or right before we started this, yeah. they took it down. Also realized the way they'd hung it up nearly destroyed it. So they completely yes. refurbed it. They got the paint right. They put it. It's now in a glass box on the floor. They had to do this whole thing. They like, they were trying to find a way to recreate the spinny effect digitally, Ooh. but they just couldn't. They were like, no amount of digital anything we do could get it to look right. Yeah, just like they had to have the spinning. The so they just refurbed the motors. But to keep it from, like, getting fucked up, they only turn it on, I think, for, like, an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon. Mm. So it's like one yeah. of those shows at the museum, like, at 2 o'clock, they're turning the Enterprise on. We gotta go see. Yeah, like, it's always there, and it's always, I think, lit up. But if and you want to see that, it, like, going, you have to be there at certain yeah. times. And after that, we're going to see the Sea Lion show. Yes. Hey. But yeah, so even if they had borrowed it at the time, they would have... They, God knows how much money they would have to have spent fixing it. It was probably True. cheaper to build a new one. <laughs> yeah, Fair. I bet. Also, I bet, I bet you that model was a lot bigger than that they needed for the... True. Yeah, the oh, standards yeah. had changed. But yeah, I don't know. I thought um, thought it looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the plot of the episode is weak, in my it's, opinion. It's wedged yeah. in so that they can... I'm going to, you know, as I said, like there were like five writers on this thing making it yeah. happen. And it's, I think they just wanted to do a trial, a trouble with Tribbles episode. It's effectively Back to the Future Part Two. The, you know, the scenes where Marty is hiding from himself at mm. the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Right. And the thing, I, the, the, it's like you were saying, Ames. Like the point of this episode kind of isn't the story. It's, right. It's a celebration. It's it's yeah. it's here. It's here to be impressive as fuck, which yeah. it certainly is. And and you know celebrate Star Trek like yeah. that's what it is. It's it's here for for everyone to like have something to be happy about. Like I know yeah. when Jedzia and them first enter the Enterprise, that was their first time on the set. They hadn't seen the set before, so when oh, they're nice. like, "Oh my God, it's the Enterprise!" Those are all real reactions. That's, that's cool. awesome. Yeah, they really they nailed the look, the color, the the extras. Some of the extras, like they didn't just have the hair and makeup from the '60s. It looks like they lifted actors out of the '60s. Mm. Yeah, because they were like, we talked about this before. There's a look they had in the '60s. Yeah, side wig with with tall hair. Yep. Yeah, the, but even the like the faces ass hanging out. Right, we were talking about the certain types of faces that they like children would have and that adults, yeah. you know, women yeah. would yeah. have. Yeah, the five men. approved faces. Yep. Yeah, the, yeah, the woman that uh, the woman that that wants to get uh, to get her physical from um, gross from possibly yeah. her great grandson. Gross yeah, from her great grandson. Unnecessary. Yeah, she, she definitely weird. like she she blended right in. Oh yeah, um, with the with yeah. The I have period uh, cast. I have a shadow was gross. I have I was a like, great story. I have, a, I have a great story about her too. Tell us your great story. It's Ames. a great story. I love your great stories. Originally, that character. Was just the girl in the in the in the turbo lift that says deck fifteen, mm-hmm. and they were having so much trouble finding someone who could say deck fifteen without sounding like an asshole. Uh, so they brought in like a friend of the production or, or a friend of the production team. I guess it was a girl who had played a Ryzen pleasure girl in Captain's Holiday before. Oh, okay. So someone that they knew, they just bring her in and say, "You know how to do this. Just say deck 15. It's not hard. God damn it." 
Um, but then they liked her so much because, you know, she's a friend of theirs that they decided, hey, let's build a little plot around it because it's funny. Let's make let's make Bashir a creep again. Damn. I was I was saying to Caitlin, like, is this why Fry is his own grandfather? Maybe. Did someone see this and be like, hey, let's have this actually happen? Yeah, well, I mean, I like that whole it. thing, I mean, the grandfather paradox is so named because of, like, this This is a thing that people have thought about. Well, the original is what happens you go back in time and kill your grandfather, not what happens you go back if in you, time and you are your grandfather. Your grandfather. <laughs> so, so it's a I little mean, different. I mean, but yes, yeah. it's, it's definitely, there's a non-zero chance it's not at all related. But then again, everyone who worked on Futurama clearly loved Star Trek. So. Oh, absolutely. And that's also another uh, another Back to the Future moment as well. So True. Building on that with uh, True, Marty and his mm-hmm. mom. Yeah. Calvin, yeah. Calvin Klein. The thing, so is, fu- the thing is, Bashir really wants to be his own great-grandfather. Yeah, yeah. a little weird. Which is no, the weird What part. if she's in love with me? Stop. Please stop, Julian. It's Bashir. Of God. course he'd like to... He would love to be his own grandfather just for the sheer weirdness of it. Do you know I'm the youngest man to be his own grandfather? God damn it. <laughs> uh, I'm only 35. Oh god, and him and <laughs> him and fucking uh O'Brien with the plastered down 60s hair. Oh god. Yep. Yeah. It looked horrible on Cole Meany, my god. I'm saying they must have spent so, <laughs> so much money bad. on pomade for this episode. Yeah, yeah. pomade is like that. two bucks a jar yeah they they didn't spend any money on it they needed so much because of the extras and this and that Uh, okay oh they had one of the ten dollars on pomade for 200 people that random engineer had the like tri stick tool that we never were clear what it did an important piece of equipment it is i wonder how many you know you mentioned things that they had to recreate i wonder how many if if there were any props or things that they were able to like yeah, like salvage reuse. from collections. I feel yeah. like they built most of them. I feel mm-hmm. like I read that they they just could. You know, it's easier to build like small handheld things. Yeah, those yeah. communicators didn't open this smoothly as you might expect. <laughs> yeah, so we get another little lore acknowledgement. Data. A little, fa- a little fan. <laughs> when uh, when they notice that the Klingons don't look like. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's no way around and, that now. And this is just where they should have left it. Yes, that agreed. Yeah. There we go. Emphatically Never talk agreed. about discuss it. it with outsiders. Never. Right. That That's the whole explanation. We never needed it, anything more. We're going to get more. This was fine. Yeah. This, this would have been perfect. They acknowledged that, yeah, there's... So it was one thing to have Cork, Koloth, and Kang on with new makeup and be like, just don't address it. No one... Yeah. Will- People will accept it. It's fine. Yeah, it's another fine. thing to have them in the same room together. Yeah. yeah. It is funny, like, though, it's, on- it's only been, you know, less than a century, and already people in Starfleet from the Federation don't know about this. Like, yeah. do you think it, when they make, I don't know, movies or comic books or whatever about the past, do they just have the modern Klingons and... Oh, pick like in me. universe. Oh no, pick me. Oh yeah. Um, so also, uh, while I was researching this this episode, there is a sequel comic that I found that I would love for us to do a dramatic reading of one day, just for fun. Let's um, do it. But it's it's. I am expecting this to be a long episode, so maybe not today. Maybe it can be like special feature or something. 
It's called Nobody Knows the Tribbles I've Seen. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I read it this week, and what it is, it's basically a bunch of the characters sit down after this episode would have happened, and they're all like wondering, huh, I wonder why it is that Klingons hate Tribbles so much. <clears throat> and it's, Miles tells a stupid story about why, you know, what he's heard as the reason, then Julian tells a stupid story, and then Jack Dax tells the stupidest story there is for why Tribbles look like that. And in one of their stories, it also happens that be, like, the, whatever side effect being around Tribbles has on Klingons is what gives them the head ridge. Uh, so all the Tribbles that ended up on Koloth's ship were contagious and gave them all the head ridge. This is some kind of weird Star Trek Plato's symposium, what is Tribble? <laughs> I don't know if that is worse or better than what the eventual explanation actually is. Yeah. I'm going to go with better. Everything is better with tribbles. It's like cheddar. Yeah. So we also find out, though, that after this event, the Klingons essentially declared all-out war on the tribbles. <laughs> and wiped them out. Yeah. Which is and wiped them out. hysterical, sort of. Which I'm I mean, like, not wow. the wipeout part. But they the, sing the, the songs to this day. Well, they wiped them out, apparently. But now, uh, yep. now they've been reintroduced by, uh, by our crew. Look. Everyone's going to be all pissed off until a big fluffy probe comes from thousands of light years away and only a Tribble can talk to it. That's true. I love that. <laughs> I love that Odo was super into these fucking Tribbles. We got to remember, yes. he's still getting used to being a solid. Mm -hmm. No, I know. It so must it's feel like, amazing. Even without being it, high, he's yeah. yeah. stoked. Like, like, this is just... Like like both Jadzia and I believe McCoy, McCoy or Spock says this. Spock says, Spock says, "Oh, they're 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 pleasant and they pat and they give a nice a nice treat yeah. when you pat them." Yeah, it's yeah. obvious humanoids would like this thing. Yep. yep, Spock says that for sure. And I think doesn't Uhura also? They give us love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody loves everybody loves Tribbles. Yeah, Did I'm we glad. Only I'm glad to see Uhura in this episode. Yes, in in that one scene. Oh, in... Yeah, when, just when in the purchasing the, scene. When she yeah. gets the Tribble. Well, that's not unusual for a TOS episode, though. I was going to say. Sadly. Isn't she also... It, do we see the the room where they suddenly have a ton of Tribbles? Is that in this episode, too? Where Maybe. Doc comes in and takes one to do experiments oh, on? Oh, when they, when, they when they go to get the... And it's in the... It's in the food, that, that scene. Oh. She might be yeah, in the background there with the chicken remember. salad. This is my chicken sandwich and coffee. Yeah, she's definitely in the background a bunch. And no, I, they, they did a great job of putting our DS9 folks in the background as well. Some yeah. shots was really great. So yeah. for the bridge, did they just have to rebuild that portion where, like, like where Cisco and was Jack sitting that out? time? Well, they already should have had a a pie slice of the bridge from, from the Scotty episode. From the Scotty episode, unless they yeah. they, built, it. they rebuilt the chair. They did part of the bridge for that. No, they borrowed the chair from a fan. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, I don't remember what they did with the bridge set. I think a lot, like, there was a lot of green screening of yeah, certain that, bits. That and I think could have probably been almost entirely composited. Yeah, and they rebuilt a bunch of panels. Like, there are a couple scenes. The only scenes that, like, really stuck out to me, and I think it's because of the lighting, mm. um, even though the director, like, tried to use, like, camera lenses and film grade and lighting techniques that would have been appropriate for the 60s. But the lighting, when we're on the bridge and Cisco's over here on the side doing some stuff, whenever we move from looking at Kirk 
to looking at Cisco, suddenly Cisco is like 1000% sharper. Mm. And I know a lot of it is like, you know, the remastering can only go so far, but I also wonder if it's because the way that lighting designers light people with dark skin is very different than lighting people with light skin. Yeah. yeah. But I wonder if that yeah. came into play. Might have. I don't know. Well, it's also probably changed the way that they light people with yeah. dark skin has probably also changed in the, you know, 30 years. Well, there's that too. But if you're trying uh, to emulate the 60s look. Well, right. Exactly. So they probably lit Cisco the same way they usually light Cisco. Um, hmm. Instead yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, the only other time I think where kind of, one of the other times that really stood out to me was um, during the dressing down scene. Most of it was fine, but at one point they have Kirk's shadow fall over O'Brien, and it's a little like ah. well, that's Drawn weird. In. Yeah, um, but aside from yeah. like when they're a profile in that scene, it's oh, yeah. fucking yeah. bang I mean, that, on. That was uh, yeah. that was pretty cool. That yeah. was the ballsiest move they pulled. There are side by side shots of the original and the and the DS9 shot of the of the dressing down of everybody standing in a line, and it looks like they cut three people out of the line to squeeze Bashir and O'Brien in there. Yeah, I think that's right. I feel like I've seen that comparison before. Yeah, so that means, but wait, if they cut those three people out, were they not in the bar then, or did they just not get yelled at this time? Temporal mechanics. Did they, get, did they get killed? Did the Klingons kill them in the fight? God, I hate time travel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, you know what it is? Because there were more people than expected in the bar, the original guys didn't get noticed and slunked away. Nah. There you go. They like, oh, I guess we them. don't have to fight. These other people are <laughs> here. In the these, closet. These other, these other people I've never seen before. Oh, no, I mean, they were in the fight, but then when, like, the guards showed up, they were like, durk, durk, durk. Hmm. That was the uh, one weird thing was the fight had like modern music. Yeah, yeah, I, I like, actually was kind of pissed off. I was hoping for for that a return yeah. of that song. The the music directors and the composers for this episode were they they were really hoping to do more TOS style stuff, but I guess the producer teams I forget who who told them no. Someone said no. This is DS Nine. Just keep it DF Nine like. Well, and also like, I'm yeah, sure fine. if they had actually used themes from TOS like. Again, money probably would have had to have gone to original composers, mm. yeah. and they were already paying actors. But I think they could have they could have worked in, if not full a full score in the in the style of TOS. They could have at least worked in some, I don't know, some some themes that yeah. we, that would have been recognizable. But yeah, yeah. Again, there that's was asking a lot. You hear the the Alexander Courage theme a little bit. Yeah, well, because I feel like that one they just pay for by default constantly probably, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think they just, I, they probably just own the rights to it at this point. Yeah. Oh, you know what else got scrapped, which I think would have been a great touch, and fuck them for doing this, but they were talking for a little, for like a hot second about adjusting the ending credits to do the thing they do with, with TOS, which is show stills from. Oh, they totally showed them. So cool. yeah. And also like to adjust the font and all this stuff. They could have, they could have ended it on, uh, on Rom's face. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That would have been fucking astounding. That would have been great. I would have liked that. Oh man. I loved the, I loved the, the last shot. It was, it was corny. It was cheesy, but the last shot of the episode with Quark yeah. <laughs> as the bartender covered yep. in tribbles. Yep. Yep. Oh my God. Jake had the funniest comment as we were, as we were watching this episode. Cause I also re-listened to our episode on trouble with tribbles mm. just to remind ourselves what we talked about. And one thing we were, we were talking about how in the Tribbles episode where the bartender's in the background covered in Tribbles and how he doesn't fucking move 
Yeah. Jake jokes, well, that's because he died in, in, in the middle of the scene and no one noticed. Yeah. <laughs> and I happened to mention, oh, they used part of this scene because this scene actually happens at the end of Trouble with Tribbles, but it's in the middle of this episode where Bashir is inserted into the scene. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, oh, the, the, there's that scene from the end of the episode. Man, that guy just has to stick, stay there this whole time, evidently. And Jake said again, well, that's because he died. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds are me. <laughs> Great minds thinks alike. Consistent. Yeah. Consistent. So yeah. did you read anything? Because I remember a few years ago I read an article about this episode, and I should have looked for it because now the details are vague. But I know that before they settled on this, they were talking about, you know, revisiting yeah. an old episode. Oh, I have some, yeah, they have, some, I have three instances that they were thinking of doing. Okay, yes, what were they, they? Because I don't remember. Yeah, before they settled on Trouble with Tribbles, because it's the popular one. Their first idea was to bring back Charlie Evans. Right! But, oh, they, right. but, they, but they couldn't convince themselves that Charles Walker would actually be interested. <laughs> which is which is a shame because I think it would be cool to see what he's up to these days because I'm sure he's mm. still alive in DS9 because he's an omnipotent child thing. Yeah. Another thought that they had was to go back to Gangster Planet and all the people Mother. there would be imitating Spock and Kirk. Oh, Dude, I would I would have one of them suits. That would have been amazing actually. If they went back to Gangster Planet and just everybody was dressed in TOS uniforms. It'd be that, good. I like it. I that would have been. I, that would have been no. I would that that would have been worth it. They sh somebody should do a comic or something because I like that idea. Because Gangster Planet is is that's one of my top episodes. That's such a good episode. Uh, the other idea is uh, I think I want to say Ronald D. Moore like reminded everybody like y'all remember Scotty exists right? He is in this timeline. We could use mm. him. But then they all said, yeah, but in the Voyager episode that we're doing for the 30th anniversary, we're bringing back a different character, wink, yeah. wink, and yeah. we don't want to do the same thing twice. That makes sense. And they've already I, had they've already had a Scotty episode. I feel like I read that part of the breeze they went with the two, not just because it was popular, it was because they like, while they were working on this, one of them literally ran into Darwin yeah, somewhere. in a pizza place, getting yeah. pizza. And they were like... Hey, how you doing? Hmm. Quick question. Yeah. <laughs> you want to make 25 bucks? And... Yeah. Charlie, yeah. Charlie Brill, the actor, basically says, well, I'm glad I didn't get Chinese food that day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so was he still an actor at this time? I believe so. Because I did not, I was not into his performance Aww. as old Darwin. I just love the idea that somehow this Klingon disguised as a human over the course of a century went really nebbishy. <laughs> mm. So apparently he's been around. He must have. Well, he's he's got, got a new identity. Yep. Yeah, but he's still but not he's, a Klingon. He, he's he's only aged 30 human years in, you know, he's 90. A <laughs> I get you. Know, I know he's Klingon, but how did he convince people that knew him? Um, that he's Cardassian they, facial surgery. Hmm. They're good Maybe at he just gets a new identity every couple of decades. Yeah, that's got to be it. Now I'm because he either, probably. Sorry, go ahead. I either missed a detail or I read about this and for, and forgot if this is true or not. Is he not welcome back on Kronos? Or... That's what it sounded like. Okay. Because well, they yeah, mentioned, he was, um, like he was dishonored. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like he was in prison, right? That was the whole. Yeah, thing. I was about to say he was probably in prison for a while. So when he got out. 
when he got a new identity, it was probably it easy didn't, enough. Well, it didn't sound, well, I'm talking about like recently, right? Because they picked him up. He was being held by the Cardassians? Was that no, no, he was just stuck on Cardassia because of the war. Oh, oh, oh. So getting passage off was okay, difficult. I, mis- I misunderstood that then. Yeah, no, he's been posing as a merchant for a while, but it's unclear exactly how long. But yeah, there's a good chance he spent an extraordinarily long time just in the hands of the Federation. But I don't like, I don't get his plan. So he he wants to blow up Kirk, which which makes sense because Kirk is responsible for his dishonor. Most Klingons want to blow up Kirk. Well, that's true. Um, But he also is like, oh, they're going to build a statue to me. It's like, who the fuck is going to know it was you? Like... He'll tell them. Don't worry. Once it's done, he'll tell them. No, he's right, because young Darwin didn't know what was going on. No. And presumably... Would he cease existing if if it worked? In theory, yeah, because he's altered the timeline. Unless someone else has arrested Darwin in the meantime. McCoy. McCoy arrests Darwin. McCoy's the hero of the universe. Well, actually, wait a minute. Is Darwin... He's not in that scene with the grain, is he? When they're no, no, he's not. When oh, he comes okay. into the office and the tribbles are like, rah, 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 that's when they oh, figure it out. That's when they get him. Right. But that's what I mean. Like even if like you know things got blown up, young Darwin wouldn't know that he did it, yeah. or that Unless his older old self... Darwin came and told him, and they touched dicks. Yeah, definitely touched dicks. It is TOS. You know what it is. <laughs> there's, there's your second Back to the Future two reference. Old Darwin. Goes and talks to young Darwin and also gives him a, a sports almanac. Yeah. See, I was about to say, about to say no, it is the, you know, the explosion happens. He's very confused. Then a Western Union guy shows up. We've been holding on to this telegram for 80 years. Yes. <laughs> um, Evidently, I need to rewatch Back to the Future 2. Damn good movie. I'm a big fan of 3. Me too. I also enjoy three. Don't get me wrong. I, I think they're all they're three all is like my favorite. Oh yeah, they're all good. I think, honestly, I like uh, it more than two. A lot of people dislike three for some reason. Oh, it's because it's wrong. not. I mean, like, it's different. It's a different thing. It's a yeah. it's a it's a future. It's a sci-fi western. Which I, also, are, yeah. which are great. I can't get over the fact that Marty's great 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 <laughs> grandparents look like him and his mom. Yeah, that's yeah, it's a little weird. What's um, going on in that family tree? Don't, don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I also just always thought it's nice. You know, you've done, you know, it's, it's, I think it's appropriate to go to the start of Hill Valley. Like, why not? Shit. Yeah. You've done the future. You've done the 50s. You've done the what was the present. Like, sure, let's do this. Yeah, I actually think, I think two, I like two. I think it's probably the weakest, if I'm being honest. I mean, the first movie, I think, is just solid period and it stands on its own oh yeah yeah and uh and then like i say i think the third has a pretty good story uh to it i think two is kind of the story of two is a little you know a little wanky Mm, anything with a cliffhanger too is gonna inherently due to its just inherent incompleteness is gonna feel a little weird yeah but i do like two it was actually two was my favorite when i was a kid well, because I think we all loved the 2015 stuff. Yeah, the hoverboard was awesome. Wow. I loved that so bad. Speaking of all this time travel, how the fuck does the orb of time work? <clears throat> yeah, profits, profits. Chronoton particles. Yeah, yeah. and both Darwin and Kira have mastered it. Yes. Yeah. Done. Success. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like uh, because, you said. Like, here's the thing. If the Bajorans have an orb of time... 
that allows you to travel in time. How the fuck did the occupation happen? Well, it had been well, missing, apparently, right? It was on Cardassia. Yeah, I was going to say the well, Cardassia. Well, now that they have it, it, they can go back and prevent the occupation. Yeah, no, that thing should probably be destroyed. True. With the wormhole and Baytor. <laughs> and wait, if the Cardassians <laughs> have an orb of time... They didn't know what they had. Yeah. How they the don't fuck look does at the Darwin orb. know how to use this thing? Yeah, what I don't it can do? <laughs> He's played a lot of Legends of Zelda. Ah. I mean, this, this guy, like, you know, practically fucked up, uh, you know, a, a plot to poison people. And, yeah. and, and he's smart enough to figure out the orb of fucking time. Jesus. I, I mean, when you think about the ramifications of if old Darwin had succeeded, because like I said, yeah, so what if they killed? Well, like I said, you know, who would have brought back the whales? That's true. McCoy. Like. It wouldn't have just been blowing up Kirk. You would have come back to a future where Earth had been decimated by the probe. And on that note, also, Klingon, the Klingon homeworld would probably be, if not destroyed, at least completely diminished. Because remember, yeah. after Praxis exploded, they gave them a 50-year time life. Yeah. Lifetime. Whatever. Yeah, like, clearly it had something to do with the events of six that they managed to keep chronos from well, i think the idea was that they had you know a trade relationship with the federation that allowed them to get you know the resources that they weren't going to be getting from praxis yeah yeah um, so in the long run he actually probably would have fucked the empire over worse yeah son of a bitch idiot and he should have <laughs> thought of that because he knows what happened yeah and uh, and he's also a fucking genius because he figured out the orb of time. But he's also <laughs> a fool. Like Rom. Mm. Rom is both those things. Yes, there true. we go. And he's Kira, our Kira shows up in this episode for a shot of opening the orb of time. She has like three she's, lines. She's in the frame story, and her, and she has she speaks a couple of lines, but yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's also harder, like getting a pregnant woman on the set and all this yeah, stuff. That's like true. give her give her a couple days off. She was probably she's, very she's pregnant. Full, she's full to bursting. Yeah, yeah. Well, if they were if they that. were filming this prior to if this was the episode that they did right before the last one that we I just, believe that the right. assignment where she went yeah. into labor, so, where yeah. she went into labor, she was. She was probably ready to pop. She was, she was like those tribbles, just full yes. of babies. <laughs> yep. And grain. Uh, so much grain. Also Jake, sneezes. Jake made a great comment that I wrote down to make sure that I got to say it on the podcast. And Jake said something to the effect of, these time cops realize they're talking to Gabriel Bell, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, there was a great scene where they're, where they're like, yeah, you're, you're not, you can't you can't make any changes to the timeline. That's the top priority. I'm like, you do realize you're you're talking to Gabriel Bell here, right? <laughs> right, boys. <laughs> uh, well, they, they probably know? just passed that one off as a no harm, no foul, like they did with the tribbles. <laughs> They're like, yeah, it all turned out fine. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm guessing that the Department of Temporal whatever is is pretty toothless. It's probably like, these two guys. Like what? No, we what see more gonna, of them. Like we maybe they're just there to document the things. Maybe and like, because because like, what are they going to do? Like, yeah, uh, I went back and I took a dump on James Kirk's head. I love how much the time was, cops when he was hate sleeping. Kirk. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, all right, seventeen separate infractions, thickest file on record. Nice, love it. I Very wonder, typical. like, if I mean, they must have 
come up with they must have like gone through and figured out all of the time travel incidents memory alpha memory alpha counts like specifically seven in all of tos and then there's all this conjecture of like what if turk also did this and this but there are mm. seven definite ones that they, you know, can have evidence of in episodes. There could be multiple infractions within a single episode. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, he went back that's in time. True. Like, it's not just going back in time. It's going back in time and doing something. Yeah. Like, and stealing nerve pinching, those. And nerve-pinching the guy on the bus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, just, you know, you go back to, say, City on the Edge of Forever. Went back in time. Stole some clothes. Made a lot of contact with Edith Keeler. You know, all this other stuff, like... How yeah. much contact, Chris? Yeah, like, exactly. even just Star Trek Four itself. Oh, God, it's, it's like, a nightmare. Like, well, you put, these, you put these, these glasses there, which, you know, which were then later gifted back to you. So you have this, <laughs> this cycle of a pair of glasses that have no origin. You, you stole said, you two said, whales. You said double dumbass yeah. on you, which no, prior you, to that you stole, had you never stole been three held. whales. True. Gracie ah, was pregnant. That's, that's right. true. And stealing those three whales actually leads to the extinction of the humpback whale on Earth. Oh. Um, until the 2400s where they suddenly show up again. Until the 2400s when they show up. Out of nowhere. Seriously. Uh, uh, there's a crushed trash can right. in uh, Golden Gate Park that... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The that city trash has to can was going to be very important to the timeline. Shit. Uh, yeah, oh, no. I... He actually took he took a woman from 1986. There's a human being that has been moved in time. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that major <laughs> fucking event. One. She's yeah. like an orphan. Nobody will miss her. Yeah, like, there you go. They implied, they tried to imply it was okay they took the whales because they were about to get killed anyway. Yeah, but he. But stole she was a top marine biologist. Busy lifting drinks. Yeah, like she yep. just, she'd had a life. Oh, yeah, but she kind of insisted, so that was her fault. I'm just. That's saying. true. Yeah. Oh McCoy, yeah, but I, I McCoy mean, McCoy regrew a kidney. Uh, yeah, McCoy regrew a kidney. Scotty gave that guy the formula for transparent aluminum. And uh, uh, Chekhov tried to find uh, nuclear vessels. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, the number uh, somewhere in. In, like, a CIA vault is a Klingon disruptor and communicator from the 23rd century. Yep. Hmm. Like, that, that is probably their... That single event is probably just why they founded the entire fucking agency. Mm. <laughs> I was say, it yeah. sounds like we already have more than 17 incidents say, there's 17 just, in in that episode, movie. just in the fourth movie. Well, yes, but they're not all Kirk. Oh, fair mm. enough. Summer McCoy's summer. Well, yeah, but he was the captain, so really. Well, yes, but yeah. Either way, I can. If you assume that a single event can have multiple infractions, I'm surprised it's only seventeen. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So here's they a question: a, They took a fuck ton of seawater. They did. Yeah. Here's a question: For fans who hadn't seen TOS, who hadn't seen Trouble with Tribbles, how mm. followable is this episode? Because there is a lot going on at any given time. Uh, that's a good point. It is not. Yeah, not really. Yeah. I also just don't think... That's not the, that's not the, the audience for this episode? I don't think that's the audience. I honestly don't... Even if you hadn't seen Trouble with Tribbles, I think you... If you weren't aware of Trouble with Tribbles, I think you'd be really lost. I think you could have not seen it, but know that it existed. Yeah, know what Tribbles are. And still are. enjoy this episode, if not quite understand everything that was happening. And I think if you're aware of the original series and what Kirk and Spock are, yeah, you can enjoy this episode without really following it. Yeah. 
Like, like the, the comment that Jadzia says, oh, look how handsome he is. I mean, Spock. And when, you know, anyone knows, like, Kirk is the one that never, like, the ladies go for. That's yeah. just in, oh, in the zeitgeist. Nurse Chapel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and his ex from the um, flower jizz planet. Yeah, that's right. Leilani yeah. or something? That sounds right. Leilani, it sounds right, yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, no. But at this point, it was already a... In the zeitgeist, oh yeah, that yeah. Kirk was the the womanizer, and then well, yeah, Kirk Drift had thoroughly set in by that point. Yeah, which is uh, a term I only Kirk learned Drift? recently. Explain. Yeah, what does it mean? It's uh, what we've been saying, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it's, the fact <laughs> that, that Kirk like, is when you not actually, what he is portrayed to be. Yeah, when you watch third t- season, he is the third season. He's starting to go in that direction a bit more, but like when you watch TOS all the way through, it's like, oh no, he's actually. Really, quite by the book, and he's extremely by the book. By he's the a fucking yeah. stickler for the rules. Yep. I'll say that. I'll say that on my deathbed. Yeah, no, it's like you said. I pointed this out to somebody. Uh, you, you said Jake is like the fact that he does everything he does in Star Trek Three is actually shocking. Yeah, it's true. Because yeah. if you look at everything up till that point, he bend the rules sometimes a little, maybe. But this was just flagrant. But. Everyone retroactively thinks of Kirk as having always been like that, but that's not actually the no, case. No, it's really not. Yeah. I think I think it's yeah. I mean, we could we we've had this conversation before, but yeah. you know, I think it's worth you know that it it's I don't know why it started. I don't I don't know. I think it might just be like a Shatner thing. Like people people like to mm. you know like the Zap Brannigan <laughs> yeah. Shatner illusion. Yeah. Like, well, I think also it's because I you know I'm certainly when I was a kid. It was easier to catch the TOS movies than it was to catch TOS on television. Mm. So I think for a lot of people, the the movie version of Kirk is kind of the one they're more used to. The canonical Kirk. Yeah. Kirk doesn't chase tail really in any of the movies, though, does he? Uh, well, we haven't gotten to the 2009. Oh God, movie. that doesn't count. <laughs> Jesus, that's a well, yeah, no, well, that's like, the other thing. Like, yeah, th- there's the whole there's that angle to Kirk, which is the you know, the portrayal of, oh, he's the rule-breaking rogue, which yeah. is completely 100% false, except for perhaps three and four. But A little bit I'll, two. He talks about the Kobayashi say, Maru. The Kobayashi Maru comes up in two, right? Yeah, but again, he's not... That wasn't a breaking of the rules so much. That was He got a commendation for original he thinking. He got a commendation for original thinking yeah. for thinking outside the yeah, box. Yeah, but he still cheated. I mean... Yeah, I guess like third or fourth try of the thing. Yeah, and, and that's still like, you know, it, it, and that's his sort of student days where he's maybe still a little bit more yeah. of a cut up sort of. Well, but then we he knocked up his wife in and uh, no. never saw her again. But, like, kid, but also so. like, you know, the, the womanizing thing. Yeah, yeah, he gets his shirt off a bunch. He kisses yeah. some ladies. It, it, um, it happens way more in season three than did in the first two. That much mm-hmm. is certain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in he, season you know, one, because I'm doing a rewatch right now, in season one, he comes across exes all the time. That's true, yeah. But, yeah. Like, aside from the fucking one at Shore Leave, who isn't actually even there, he doesn't, like, make advances on them. No, no, that's true. Well, I yeah, also think it, that part of that is, pick- like, it's not so much that he's a horn dog, but that he's a leading man, right? And, yeah, and, and especially in a 60s era, adventure a show. Man, Exactly. A leading man is James Bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know. What were you going to ask, Caitlin? 
Was he the one who kept happening upon exes, or was Picard, where it Both. was like, I haven't seen you in Both. two months, three days, well, that, and five specifically hours? Kirk. Yeah, that is a specific Kirk ex. Okay, that's okay. That was two, from, uh, two exes. No, I was going to say, it wasn't just it one. Two, it happened oh. more than once, for sure. I just couldn't remember if it was yeah. Kirk or Picard. There, that was the Finney tube, right? Was that... I yeah, think so. yeah. The oh. woman from Shore Leave, a real too Shaw. bad they couldn't get Finney into this episode, huh? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really the episode that they should have redone. Is, uh, is court martial? Court martial's yeah. boring as fuck. <laughs> I know, but they could have had like the button, like Darwin goes and he switches the Finney tube button on the on the armrest. Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh God, my. hold on to that. Write that as a fanfic for uh, there. You go. <laughs> the end of DS Nine. Oh no. Oh God. I just thought it was absolutely, this whole thing was just delightful. It's, yeah, it's funny, because it is. It's just so blatantly fan-wanky, but it's it's just, I think it's because it's so earnest, it can't be that annoying. That makes sense. Yeah, it wears, it wears its fan-wank on its sleeve. It's not yeah. trying to pretend not to be. It is not Star Wars, right? Where, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like, being like, this is serious, also, uh, 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 uh. Well, also, like, 80s. oh my god shit like, the, thing, the problem with easter eggs sometimes is like it feels like the little wink and nod like look you have special secret knowledge that not everyone else does this is like we're not trying to act like this is a secret this is in your face mm-hmm. yeah. this is like you said Ames at one point it, it's a celebration of 30 years of this program yeah yeah there's it a good is. quote in my in my book that basically they say like Jedzia is more or less the audience surrogate. Yes. Yeah. Jedzia as oh, as Dax definitely. has memories of this time and she's yeah. like she's full on wanking about it. Yeah. Big time. She although, actually says that to him too. She's like, "It's hard. I lived through this. It's hard yeah. for me to be here and not want to get back into it again." Even though you won't let me go see Koloth. Table flip. <laughs> yeah, I was totally bummed. I really was hoping we'd get to see him, but yeah. Although. Even though Jad Z is the one that's that's wanking all over the place, it is Cisco who brings up the Gorn fight out of yeah. nowhere. He's and it's like, hmm, this was a well-known enough event that you know. Well, keep in mind that he really likes baseball, so <laughs> being oh, yeah. liking interesting things isn't yeah. necessarily. And I, that's true. I think we even mentioned that Cassidy Yates' brother's team is based on Cestus Three, so maybe yeah. he just happens to know, like, oh, Cestus Three. The Gorn were there. Oh, There's yeah. probably a statue right. of them fighting there near the... Uh... Well, except the fight didn't actually happen on Cestus. Oh, yeah, the fight oh, was on a different fine. planet. But there was that's a just the where colony. The, the colony yeah. was Fine, there. fine, fine. Still, he Imp- improvised imp- Improvised firearms as a required class at the yeah. Federation, <laughs> uh, at the Starfleet uh, Yeah, Academy. yeah. Shoveling, shoveling Kraft mac and cheese into a bamboo <laughs> rod. <laughs> oh, man. It's a bad episode. <laughs> Oh, uh, like I said, I don't know. Oh, God. The fucking terrible digital blinks they gave the Gorn in the remaster. <laughs> oh, did you end up going and watching them? I've, I've found clips. I never found one to share on the site, sadly. But yes, uh, it makes me very grateful. Uh, I, own, uh, I own the uh, uh, free remasters on DVD still. <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast so people could see me doing Gorn. The punches. slow arm thing. Oh, <laughs> Nice. So good. <sighs> so I'm feeling like we have uh, pretty much 
said everything we want to say about this one. Yeah, I'm going to head, head out and go play in that triple pit. Yes. I would play the fuck out of that triple pit. I would dive in. like Samesies. It would be like Scrooge McDuck in his vault, but instead of coins, <laughs> it would be tribbles, and it would be wonderful. It would be great. Except Even that a lot of them exploded. would be dead and kind of weird. Well, a living version, then. What if oh. you accidentally squished one? They're fine. All right. Then the baby well, just pop out. For it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It's like God. the animated version, where it gets too big and explodes into a million <laughs> little tribbles. Oh, no. Well, listen. If you like what you heard, and you want to hear more... <laughs> I do. We are, listen, this is season five. We got 2.7 seasons left of Deep Space Nine. That's so weird. So join us again next week. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, I don't know, YouTube Music or something, Apple Podcasts, Google Play's dead, RIP. But yeah, you can find us there. You can find us on Facebook. If you search for a star to steer her by, we are at SSHB Podcast on Tumblr and Twitter. And if you want, you can go to a star to steer. No, SSHB pod. Sorry. You can also go to SSHBpodcast.com, which will take you either uh, to our Tumblr uh, page directly or it'll take you to our website. Uh, oh, well, we got great articles on the Tumblr right now, Caitlin. We do. Ames, what did you. Re- you recently posted something for us, didn't you? Yeah. What did, I, what's your newest post? I did a book review on Ahura's uh, autobiography. Oh, lovely. Uh, which is appropriate, because we saw a little bit of a horror today. Yeah, that yeah. is good. What, so, uh, can you give us, like, a... Oh, you want, you want a the... highlight or something? You want the dirty details? Yeah. Okay, here's a dirty detail. All right. I, I didn't know this until recently, that Nichelle Nichols and Gene Roddenberry were a thing. What? what? Yeah. Did you not read my article, Chris? Not yet. I was... Busy. I like that you said Chris, but you didn't. It didn't well, not me. That's I specifically <laughs> asked Chris too. I normally read everything on the yeah. Tumblr. No, it's like apparently at the same time that a Gene Roddenberry is married to his first wife, and b also having an affair with Majel Barrett, uh, he was having a thing with Nichelle Nichols. And when he finally said, "Okay, I want to, I want to make this right. I'm going to put the two women in a room together and ha- and and talk about this." Uh, Nichelle and Majel, of course, knew each other, and they're like, oh, it's you! Oh, that's funny! Wow, you should have Gene him. Roddenberry fucks! Who knew? Everyone knew! He oh, yeah, everyone. that was pretty well known. Fine. So, are you telling me there is potentially an alternate timeline somewhere <laughs> where he wound <laughs> up with Nichelle and she was Waxana? That'd be a good show. She'd be amazing. Yeah. I actually would prefer to think of the alternate universe where it's more Wonder Woman-esque, where Majel and Nichelle get together <laughs> and like leave him tied up in the room and they make their escape together. That's, that's the version I want. There we go. That would be hot. Yeah, well, and then damn. basically Nichelle said, y- you two love each other. I got my own thing to do. You go ahead. And Jean was like, I don't know how you could possibly do that. And she's like, because I've got my own goddamn life. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you think that I lived and died for you? Fuck no. Wow. Good for Nichelle, I guess. That's nuts. Yeah. So read that and much, much more. The much, much more is lots of racist, sexist stuff that you'd expect because yeah. fucking Star Trek. Yeah. Well, that's up and, on the and the fucking the fucking sixties. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not as much Star Trek as everything. Yeah. If you all remember how badly they treated Rand, this mm. is worse. Ugh. But no, also up on the Tumblr are our tops and bottoms from season four, which we talked about recently. They're fun. Good Band times fix. were had by all. 
Yeah, fanfics, yeah. everything. It's yeah. a good time. All right. Well, next week we'll be discussing two more Deep Space Nine episodes. Let he who is without sin, dot, 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 and things past. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. And this is Always Ames. Thank you.